Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Contiki Podcast, the place to get double feature film recommendations from some of your favorite artists, musicians, and filmmakers. My name is Eric Mahoney, and I will be your host, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. On the program today, very excited to have on singer Allison Mosshart. You may know her from the band The Kills or The Dead Weather. Allison is also a visual artist and has a great new book coming out from Third Man Books, as well as a spoken word album titled Sound Wheel. She is a hyper-creative person and someone that I can relate to um, because I am someone who needs to have a creative endeavor going on at all times to keep my sanity intact. So uh, I, I can relate to her sentiment about having to constantly be creating something. I've seen Allison perform in, uh, in a tiny club for a few hundred people. I've also seen her in a basketball arena, you know, performing for thousands. And um, she's really just as engaging in either scenario, um, which is a hard thing to pull off. Uh, not a lot of people have the capacity to do both of those things, uh, but she does them well. And uh, really excited to have her on to talk films today. We begin the interview in typical Contiki fashion, diving into a double feature, but then kind of uh, bob and weave in and out, uh, talking about the state of the country, uh, road trips, Iggy Pop's speaking voice, all kinds of shit. Uh, it, it, it's a fun conversation. And we also drop in a few other film suggestions in the mix as well. So, um, so you're going to get your money's worth here. Sit back, enjoy the ride. Here's my conversation with Allison Mossart. Hello. Hey, this is Eric. Hi, Eric. What's happening? Oh, my God. What isn't happening? Everything, everything, <laughs> and nothing, everything, and too much of everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fucking insane. You seem really busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. It's the most, like, craziest level of busy, and I'm, I'm almost, like, kind of drowning, you know? Because I don't, there's no, like, yeah. uh, there's no, like, um, break. There's not, well, I need to go to this thing and see my friends or do this other stuff or take, take, a, take a pause with anything that would sort of reset me. There's just no reset. It's just full blast. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nutty. It's nutty. Um, I was just listening to Soundwheel this afternoon. I really enjoyed it. Uh, speaking of fever dreams, um, uh, <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Okay. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun to make, that's for sure. And have you been traveling? Uh, what 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 have you what have you, what have you been doing? Have you been have you been traveling around this uh, great country of ours? Yeah, you know, I was in Nashville for four months, and I, I had gone back to Nashville to vote in the primaries at the very beginning of March. And I had been here in LA working with Jamie on music, and then I flew home to vote, thinking I was going to fly back here in two weeks, and I got stuck there, obviously. So. I ended up staying there for, oh, it's the longest I've ever stayed anywhere, ever, and except for maybe when I was, you know, in high school. Um, I was there over four months, and I just uh, decided that I was going to drive my car across the country and film it all and just see what's out there. You know, I needed to move, so it was really a wonderful experience that I think I'm just going to keep doing because... I'm in no rush to get anywhere. And it's kind of like, that was my only time out. It was so wonderful to be in that car and not mm -hmm. be able to be reached. <laughs> I mean, you could reach me, but you know, 
Hey, there's a lot of things I couldn't do. I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to just see, I mean, how beautiful the land was and the sky and the road and there's no one on it. And it is such a peculiar vision out there um, between the states, between between the states, the way people were acting about COVID or acting like it didn't exist. And, you know, the differences that I would experience from one day to the next with attitudes and life and um, it was really interesting. So I, I do want to just keep doing that. It's got to be fascinating to do that right now, especially because of the, yeah, I guess the, I mean, for, for the obvious reasons with the, with the uh, pandemic and everything, but then the divide around that and how it's been politicized and, you know, just, just how, uh, what kind of shape our country's in. It's got to be really, really unique to experience that firsthand in all the different, you know, places and, and, and kind of see the differences there. That's got to be really interesting. Yeah, I think you're going to a million separate countries. I mean, I cannot tell you the difference between Texas and then driving into New Mexico. Or in New Mexico, they're right. like, yep, the pandemic fell. You know, <laughs> you've got Democratic <laughs> everyone's wearing masks, everyone's really respectful, the pool's closed at the hotel, everyone knows what's up, everyone's doing it. You know, and in like Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Arizona, you would think that none of this was going on. And obviously you can see the result of that. Like before that was, I was calling it the COVID belt of America, the sun belt, because <laughs> we could see what was about to hit. And boy, has it hit, you know, and I drove right through the beginning of that um, apocalypse. So yeah, it was, it was really fascinating. I want to go up now. I want to go north. I want to go all around the place. Who knows? Who knows where I'll go next? But somewhere. That's a real Twilight Zone episode right there. That's good. Well, so let's uh, let's get down and talk movies a little bit. Did you have a Did you have a double feature recommendation for us? Or um, you know, I was also told that maybe you just want to talk films or, or discuss some things that you've been you've been watching during quarantine. Well, there's a there's a double feature that I could talk about just because I watched it in quarantine. I watched these two movies back to back, not on the same night, and it takes me like a week to watch a movie anyway because I can't sit still for very long. But it was the James Baldwin movie, I Am Not Your Negro, coupled with the Noam Chomsky movie, Requiem for the American Dream. Yeah, I, I Am Not Your Negro is a fantastic documentary. Um, you know, for for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's just about uh, it's it's about author James Baldwin's uh, story. Um, it's, it's based on an unfinished novel of his that deals with race in America, but it's a, it's a powerful piece and it's just a really, really great, great film. The Noam Chomsky film I have not seen. Uh, tell me about that one. Well, I mean, I'm not like, I don't really understand like political science very well. This thing is why it was so good for me to watch. It was kind of like more than I'd ever learned in school about, the the drawing up of the constitution and why our institutions are the way that they are and why our government is the way that it is and how it's designed to keep the white wealthy man in power um, and rich and protect the property of the white man. And it's, it's mm-hmm. like literally ingrained in the very first documents um, of our country. And so when you, you know, it's kind of showing like kind of how, uh, the the sort of wealth gap has changed and how since like the mid 80s to the 90s to now it's jumped at an inconceivable rate um, for a long time it was going up but it was not like something where you'd really be in a state of shock all the time about it you know um, 
So it's just, I don't know why watching those two things back, I mean, they made perfect sense together. Um, but yeah, I would just, I would just say you got to watch it and make I, it's, it's so complicated. I don't even, I'm terrible at this. Terrible. <laughs> what, what, let's let's circle back for a second because I, I have seen the the James Baldwin um, film. Um, tell me a little bit about like what what spoke to you about that film. I loved I love Sam Jackson's narration of it too. It was really really like the perfect voice for that film. It was just such a great tone, like such a great audio. Sam Jackson's um, voice yeah. James Baldwin's words. You're like, oh stop. man. I mean, you can't, like you just want that. I want that movie to be ten hours long. You know, it's a sonic home run. It really is. It really is. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Well, you know what I loved about it? See, I love um, James Baldwin's books, and I've read his books, and, and I didn't know yet again, much like the Robert Franklin, I didn't know that movie existed. And I can't remember how I came across it, maybe so I don't know where it popped up somewhere. And um, that was another movie that I just wanted to live inside of. I mean, it's so strong. It's uh, sonically very alluring, you know, and it was one of those movies where I had to keep pausing it because I just wanted to keep writing down lines because the lines, every line, there's not a lost line. Every line is genius. That's James Baldwin. You know, there's nothing throwaway. And um, again, it was just incredibly inspiring. And that footage, I'd never seen that footage. And yeah, yeah. It kind of hit like every home run that movie, every single one. It's an incredible film. It sounds and looks awesome. It's very current, you know, for the times. It's like, I'm very glad I got to see that. I'm very glad I came across it, you know. Um, and, it, and it links yeah. back to all of these topics that we're talking about at all times. So, you know, um, with the beauty of James Baldwin's words, it's like, yeah, I could watch that a thousand times. Uh, yeah, I know. I saw it. I, I was really lucky. I got to see it at the Toronto Film Festival um, uh, whenever it came out. You know, I don't know, maybe it was six years ago, five, six years ago at this point. But I saw it, I went, and I went by myself, and I saw it, you know, like in an afternoon screen or something, and I, I just ducked in, and, and I just remember walking out, and it was like getting to be dusk, and I just wandered around for a while with all of like just that beautiful cutting writing just like uh rattling around in my head and just just walking and thinking about that for days because it was just so powerful and he's just such a force and just so spot on and thought provoking and yeah it, it was it, it was a very beautiful experience I, I there's there's some movies where you get to experience them in the theater and you're like wow yeah i wish i could have seen that in the theater but you know what it was so great after i watched that i was like oh i just want to I want to watch every single like televised James Baldwin interview, everything. Like I want to make oh. down like the wormhole and it was so brilliant. It was like, Oh, you can go forever. You know, I'll tell you this. When I left this country in 1948, I left this country for one reason only one reason. I didn't care where I went. I might've gone to Hong Kong. I might've gone to Timbuktu. I ended up in Paris on the streets of Paris with $40 in my pocket on the theory that nothing worse could happen to me there than it already happened to me here. You talk about making it as a writer by yourself, you had to be able then to turn off all the antenna with which you live because once you turn your back on this society, you may die. You may die. And it's very hard to be a typewriter and concentrate on that if you're afraid of the world around you. The years I lived in Paris did one thing for me. They released me from that particular social terror which was not the paranoia of my own mind, 
but a real social danger visible in the face of every cop, every boss, everybody. I don't know what most white people in this country feel, but I can only include what they feel from the state of their institutions. I don't know if white Christians hate Negroes or not, but I know that we have a Christian church which is white and a Christian church which is, which is black. I know, as Malcolm X once put it, that the most segregated hour in American life is high noon on Sunday. That says a great deal for me about a Christian nation. It means that I can't afford to trust most white Christians and certainly cannot trust the Christian church. I don't know whether the labor unions and their bosses really hate me. That doesn't matter, but I know I'm not in their unions. I don't know if the real estate lobby is anything Ooh, against black people, but I know the real estate lobbies keep me in the ghetto. I don't know if the, if the Board of Education hates black people, but I know the textbooks they give my children to read and the schools that we have to go to. Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children, on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which I have never seen. Two others that aren't political, but documentaries that I really love, that I watch, well, one of them I watched during quarantine, and it's called Don't Blink, and it's the documentary about Robert Frank. Have you seen that? Ah, no, I have not, but I've heard of it. Is it good? It's really damn good. Yeah. That, that movie in quarantine really helped me, really inspired me, really made me want to do work. You know, art, create. Oh, stuff. interesting. Um, it was a really, it was a really good one for my mind. It made me excited. Um, and I, I, lo- I love documentaries, and I love documentaries, especially about musicians and artists and painters and writers and photographers and the things that I do. You know, to see other, other sure. people's processes is really fascinating to me. Um, everybody is so different, the way they work and why they work and how they work and. Um, Robert Frank, I've been such a fan of his work forever, and I'd never seen this documentary, and it had been out for, I think, a while, you know, um, but a friend of mine turned me on to it, and I, it was one of those films that I wanted to watch in tiny, tiny little bits because I didn't want it to end, you know, right. I would allow myself, like, five to ten minutes a day, max, and you got to turn it off and go and do the, all the feelings you're feeling. <laughs> Yep, yep. Yeah, it's one of those. It's really, really good. And how much access how much access do they have to him? Like what is it is it is it like a seated interview or like how, how how's what's the what's like the the creative on the on the dock? The creative is it's it was made over the course of what, I think ten years, twenty years. Seems like full access. I think it came out at film festivals and then never really came out, came out, you know? Yeah. Because everyone I told about it was like, why didn't I know about that? I mean, a lot of people have been surprised, but it is well worth a watch. So it's directed by Laura, Laura Israel, Frank's film director for more than 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's just so full of stuff that you want to (laughs) see. It's really, really cool. Um, very kind of int- intimate portrait of him and his work and him talking. And he's one of those people, I mean, I kind of think of it, it's like listening to Iggy Pop talk. You just hang on every single word that he's saying. He says, mm-hmm. he says, he picks his words so perfectly. 
you know, and they come out perfectly slow. So you're getting the entire, you have such a visual, you know, Robert Frank's like that. And his writing is like that. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend that. That one made me happy. If we don't want to go down the political rabbit hole, which I honestly, you know, we're all in anyway. So I find that all my conversations center around this stuff too. Like every time I talk or catch up with friends, it just inevitably goes to like two things like COVID or politics. And I, and I am kind of sick of it. Cause like, I feel like not that much other things are happening to anybody so much <laughs> for the most part. Everyone's kind of squirreled away. Because we're not having experiences. We're not seeing strangers. We're not going to bars. We're not, you know, having just, we're not having Lives. human sort of interaction experiences that do become stories and things that you tell your friends. And I find it really hard during this time to be uh, be a songwriter because, writing a song because I don't want to write a song about a virus. Right. And I don't, I'm not really a political, I don't really want to be singing that for the next 15 years. Um, and then, you know, writing political songs has never really been, I don't think I'm very good at it. You know, I think a lot of people are great at it and I thank them for doing it. But again, it's like, this is all so, 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 so heavy. And music has always been for me, my escape of my way to express stuff that I just can't, I, I don't know how to express in any other way. And it, and it mm-hmm. often comes with it's stories of human interactions and the complications of, you know, the people, you know, and the people you love and the things that are difficult. And I don't know. I find it, I think the news is destroying my brain. I don't know what, but I, I it's hard for me to read anything else or watch anything else. Um, so anyway, I think your podcast is good. If anybody listens and says, okay, maybe I'll watch this, it might save them. <laughs> because I I need help too. God. Yeah, it's been therapeutic and it's been helpful to like, just kind of, yeah, share some interesting films with other people. Like like this, I'll, I will go watch that doc like t- tonight or tomorrow, you know, like it, it's been good to just like connect with old friends and for just the sake of connecting. And then also like, other people whose work I like, you know, that, that I've got on the phone with and just talked about, you know, a couple of film pairings or something. And they oftentimes will, will pick something that I've seen too, but have, maybe haven't seen in 20 years. And it's like cool to go back and re-examine it and see if it stands up and like, you know, put that to the test to like, you know, what, what art, you know, uh, can stand the test of time and what, you know, just gets ravaged by time, you know? And it's, it's, it's interesting to like, you know, put that test on, on films and because, you know, some things that are that really resonate in a, in a certain time and place just do not. They just fall apart later. And so, yeah, it's just it's just been kind of fun and just something to keep saying, <laughs> keep myself saying a little bit during this. Like much like all of this is making us feel right now with COVID and everything. It's like everything needs to change pace, needs to change. And you think about what is really important. What do I really need to do today? Who do I really need to call and check on? Who do I really want to hear from? You know. And I said, like at the very beginning of this, this first couple of months, it was like all this fat was just chopped off the side of life quick. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do it like that. We don't need to be constantly glued to our phones and texting and total, all this shit that's just stopping us from actually getting to the point or uncovering new ideas or getting to the meaning, you know, of anything. It's just a constant sea of, stuff and and I felt so good at the beginning of this I felt so free 
you know, I would say really dumb things to my friends, like, I'm kind of worried this won't last long enough. You know, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> but, you know, I felt free to explore and to work and to really, like, focus on things that I never have had time to focus on since I was in my 20s. Um, the things that kind of created me, that made me, that made me want to do art and music. So, you know, I used to sit in my room for 12 straight hours and work on something. And it didn't matter. It wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't for somebody to see. It was just this me like harnessing my craft and honing it and caring about it and being obsessed with it and feeling very, very fulfilled. Um, and now everything is like, well, where is that going to go? What's this going to do? Well, you don't have time to do that then because you need to do this because this is more important. And there's a deadline for that. And this person's waiting. It's like, it, I just, I think we all kind of lost the plot, you know? To varying degrees without even knowing it, just accepting the speed at which things were moving. All day it happens. I mean, I'm I'm in a band. I'm supposed to be playing an instrument and I'm strapped to my desk like a secretary half the time. So Right. Right. You know right. and that's because that's what this new job is now, you know? It's just constant, constant, constant not getting to play music. <laughs> so um, I certainly embrace the old timiness of this. Like the residuals of this have been like, it feels like a lot of a throwback to me. Like all, like all these people I know are like gardening and growing their own food and, and like listening to, you know, sitting down and just listening to music or listening to a podcast or an interview, like just sitting and listening or, you know, just like these like kind of throwback ideas that, but that are, that are quite beautiful. And like, you know, I think there's beauty and, 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 and great things that can come out of all of this, um, you know, kind of madness and, and worry and, and troubling times. And I think, I, I hope that over time it, it can, you know, be some sort of reset for all of us collectively to like think about, you know, what, what's meaningful and to kind of, and to slow down a bit. I'm not anti-technology either. I think there's wonderful things about it, but, but it, you know, it can very quickly erase, you know, the humanity of all of our interactions, you know, and it's, it's troubling. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I was saying those dumb things like this isn't going to last long enough. I need more time. You know, right, like the reset, right. the reset, I was so excited to be free to do exactly those things we're talking about. And I never afford myself those luxuries, you know, of learning, even getting to just learn something new. You know, there's got to be a reason for it. There's got to be a destination for it. There's got to be this just like, no, I just want to know, you know. Yeah. I want yeah. to spend some time and learn something that I may or may not ever use because I just want to improve as a human being. And, you know, it's really hard to take that time for yourself without a lot of people putting pressure on you to refocus your time on something else that really, like, as we've seen, is kind of silly at this point, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. There's no reason to be bored. We are not, we can't be bored. There's so many things to do. There's so many things to make. There's so many things to learn. Um this time oh, is not, couldn't agree more. Not, not a day has been boring. It might be frustrating, but it's not boring, you know? Oh, couldn't agree more. Um, well, let's, let's pick like one more maybe. Like we'll just do a little like uh, potpourri of films for you then. <laughs> is, there, is there anything else that you've seen recently? 
I wrote it down, which w- was American Valhalla, to go back to listening oh. to people speak. Uh-huh. Have uh-huh. you seen it? Yes. Yes, I have. I l- Another one that I only allowed myself to watch 10 minutes a day, I had a cap on it because I didn't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> this is this new quarantine rules I'm setting. Like you get ten uh-huh. minutes of this, and then you must pick up your guitar, or you must pick up your paintbrush and do it. Um, very disciplined. Be, very disciplined. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's like allowing yourself just one piece of candy, and then you've got to eat all the green vegetables. And like, okay, 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 all right, fine. Um, it was. I love it so much because, again, it's like every single word that comes out of Iggy Pop's mouth. I just, mm-hmm. I just love it, and it's like that—that that timbre of his voice when he speaks. <laughs> just totally. It, <laughs> I can't get enough of it. Like I just want it in my, like around my house at all times. I became one of those singers whose career is a slave to his band. I wanted an emotional escape. So I decided I had to strike out on my own, live and on record, to see what I was worth. So when he texted me about recording together, I was just like, you're in the Stooges, I'm in Queens, and those are heavy things. I'm gonna break into your heart. Just hearing his voice. I'm gonna crawl under your skin. I could barely concentrate. And how do you out rock the Stooges? The idea isn't to blend. Ideas to take a breath away. You know that band that he curated during that time was exceptional too. Like I think I, I think I downloaded the. Uh, I think they have a performance that was shot at Royal Albert Hall on that tour or something. If I'm remembering that correctly, I don't know. Have you seen that? I That's haven't seen it, but I saw them play. I saw. I know that it exists because I was looking today. Um, but I haven't seen it, but I got to see them play in Paris, and it was like the greatest live show. I mean, Jamie and I were in tears. We, like, got oh, really emotional. Like, what's happening to us? I mean, we were so moved by it. I, I kind of felt that way. I saw, like, that Stooges uh, reunion tour or what, uh, maybe, like, 2006 or something, fall of 2006, maybe, with all the original members. And I, and I, I took my dad and... Uh, because he like gave me my first Stooges album when I was like 10 years old. He gave me Funhouse and like I so I took him and we went and, and into Aww. New York and saw the, the original lineup. And um, yeah, I was just like emotional. <laughs> it was so great. It was just, it was so great. It was just, it was just perfect, you know. <laughs> but you know? it's dark in here to hide my tears because I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm the guy crying in the front row with my dad. <laughs> Biggest fan right there. Tanner McLeanex, he's losing his shit. <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh yeah that doc's great though i mean like to be a fly on the wall with all those guys and just see the process and you know and again like there's just so much creativity that's like you know just boiling over i, I really actually love that record i think that record is is you know is really really good you know i'll watch pretty much anything Iggy pop but that was actually really really well done and i think like caught him and you know it, one of the career, one of the, you know, many, many career uh, uh, high points, you know, in in terms of my estimation. Yeah, 
man, he's done so much. He's been through every phase. It's it's really awesome. I'm so glad he's here to talk about it, you know, and perform. Oh, I know. So it's, but- just, it's just astonishing to me, you know. What you can do in a lifetime is pretty incredible. Oh, it's a gift to have him. I mean, whatever kind of, you know, superior DNA that, that, that run through his veins <laughs> probably uh, contains contains the uh, the answer to COVID probably, you know. I think uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, g- good luck with everything. Um, you know, good luck with the book and, and the, the new record and, and whatever else. I'm sure you're working on tons of other music and, and art and, you know, good luck. I hope that... Uh, I hope this time treats you well and is very, uh, you know, creatively a positive space for you and um, look forward to, you know, seeing, seeing your work when the world is uh, clear again and people are out traveling and, and doing things in person. Oh, I can't wait to play a show. I can't even tell you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for taking time out. I really appreciate it. Cool. See you soon. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. So that's the show. I'd like to once again thank my guest, Allison Mosshart, for taking the time out to chat. Make sure to check out her new book titled Karma, that's C-A-R-M-A, as well as the companion piece, Spoken Word Album, both due out on August 7th. Check those out. Stay up to speed on all things Contiki Podcast at Contiki Podcast on Instagram or backslash Contiki Podcast on Facebook. And speaking of all the documentaries in the program today, uh, check out Brainiac, Transmissions After Zero, if you are looking for a good music doc this summer. It's now streaming on Amazon Prime and iTunes. Stop back next week, and we will have yet another artist giving their double feature film recommendation. And in the meantime, enjoy your summer. Be safe. Be kind to one another. I'll see you soon. is a delicious vintage. Uh, hi, I'm Mike from the Up In Your Ear Podcast Network. I was just enjoying a late night snifter of brandy by the fire when I remembered I have a podcast. Yes, I, I know, Eddie. I'm going to tell them. It's called Does It Suck Now? It's a podcast where me and my three lifelong friends, Josh Sprague, Josh Solo, and my brother Dave, watch movies we loved growing up and see if they suck now, we go down the rabbit hole and try to kill our nostalgia for the films we watched from when we were toddlers to teenagers. Take a listen. Hi, I'm Mike. I'm Josh. I'm Dave. And I'm Josh. And this is Does It Suck Now? Now? I just have one more joke I wanted to say, which was awesome when he's getting kicked out of the dinner party and he's like, don't you ever come back here again? And he goes, suck my dick. Don't you love the movie Magic like right after that where they're like, cut to, it could be 20 years later. It it could be 30 years later because Mark Singer, who knows? The face and the chest are telling me different things. Everybody starts out by saying this movie sucks. However, you should totally watch it because it's awesome. I want to be Jack Fizzle. Jack Fizzle sounds like a fluffer.
Yeah, Peter Cetera? Yeah. Peter Cetera? Yeah. I'll, I'll fight for your honor, that song, whatever. Yeah. That song. Oh, yeah. I am the man that will fight, fight for your honor. Right. Throws it, then Burton catches it, and he throws it back. Boom! And all the Buddhas go to shit. Mullets but, are fantastic in this movie. They, they Robin Hood's mullets fucking suck, and the mullets are really satisfying. Medieval mullets or 1989 mullets. Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, us decide that Major League does not suck. Uh, I now. <laughs> or ever. Listen to Does It Suck Now on the Up In Your Air podcast network. You can find it on all the podcast platforms where podcasts can be found. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Also, if you want to keep up with the Up In Your Ears podcast network, go to our SoundCloud page. That's soundcloud.com backslash up in your ear podcast network. Thank you for listening. Up, up, up in, in your, your ears. ears. Podcast network.